Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey, sports fans. Todd Helms. Todd Helms here with another edition of the Wingman Podcast. And today, I'm going to visit with you. I, I have a feeling that a lot of people don't know the origin of Wingman, how this thing got off the ground so to speak. I mean, no pun intended there. I've got uh, intern Luke with me here. That's going to be your name from here yeah. on out, even though you're not really going to be an intern much longer. No. Right? No. It's, it's got a ring to it. I think it's got a ring yeah. to it. Intern Luke. Yeah. And, and uh, he's not just the wingman intern. He is uh, – Luke pulls a, wears a lot of hats around the office here at Eastman's. As we all do. Um, and that's going to just jump us right into talking about what Wingman is, who we are, where we came from. It, we, are a, we are under the umbrella of Eastman's Publishing, which if you don't know about Eastman's Publishing, Eastman's Publishing stems from Eastman's Hunting Journals, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journals, Eastman's Hunting TV on the Outdoor Channel, uh, it's huge in the in the world of Western Big Game. The first of the Western Big Game magazines publications. Um, it's a three generation deal. Gordon Eastman started filming actually for Disney and all kinds of wildlife uh, films. His old stuff. It's it's from the fifties and sixties. Is when he filmed. He was filming up in British Columbia. He absolutely he actually explored some of the um, the backcountry in British Columbia at the behest of their government, uh, the, at the behest of the province, because they didn't know what hunting opportunities really were up there. That's cool to look at all those cool videos of, like, guys, I mean, the old equipment, the 60-pound tripod that oh, you man. to carry around. I'm like, wow. Yeah, how wow. would you like to do that? No on way. A, on a turkey hunt. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is cool, and, and I don't want to get too far off in the weeds about big game. I just want to paint a picture of where wingman fits into this big kind of umbrella the eastman's brand is is huge from gordon it went on to his son mike and mike was a pioneer in the world of western big game he started the magazine he started eastman's hunting journals and what we have is the mrs and all the iterations of that with tag hub now that all stemmed from mike mike kind of started with his top 10 spots in Wyoming. It's top 10 areas in Wyoming to, to, to shoot a trophy mule deer. And it's morphed into a lot more. And then he got his sons, Guy and Ike, involved. And Guy, Guy was kind of the brainchild behind the MRS, mm-hmm. if, I, if, I, if I have my story correct, anyway. Right, right. And then uh, Guy and... Then they started the Bow Hunting Journal, which is the only Western big game bow hunting specific magazine out there. Right. And right. it's still, I mean, it's still huge, hugely huge. popular. Yeah. So there's this, there's this vast history and, and in there fits the DVDs and the videos and the lecturing tours that Mike put on and Guy going on lectures and being on TV for years and years and years. And I grew up watching the Eastman's I grew up watching Gordon's movies watching Mike his videos reading those books 
I grew up as a as a kid in Michigan. That was like another world. But it was something that I was really, really interested in. But I grew up, we had a two-week-long firearm deer season in Michigan. And it's like Christmas. In early Christmas come early, the whole state pretty much shuts down. Hmm. I mean, it used to. It's, it still does. But it's like a, it's like a state holiday. The, a lot of the Midwest is like that. Mm-hmm. And... But that was it. it. was all we had for big game. If you could draw a bear tag, you could hunt bears. But that was all there was for big game. So looking out west, man, you'd look at what the Eastmans were doing, and you get your I get my grubby little mitts on on Mike's publications and watch that stuff, mm-hmm. and it was fascinating. Yeah. But what what I grew up doing, what I cut my teeth on, was bird hunting, and that's every that was everything from upland birds. We had sharp tail, we had rough grouse, and woodcock. We were too far north to have pheasants, but we did. We would occasionally slip into the lower peninsula of Michigan and hunt pheasants. We had ducks and geese. I grew up in one of the premier duck and goose locations in the state of Michigan. I grew up on the far eastern end of the upper peninsula of Michigan, where everything kind of funnels down at the end of Lake Superior, and those birds come across, and it is a... It is a very, still to this day, it's a very good spot in that Mississippi Valley flyway. And it kind of kind of spills over. It gets a little bit of the Atlantic flyway, too. Mm-hmm. We got birds back there that I haven't seen since I left. Um, black ducks, for example. Um, even on the western side of the state of Michigan, pretty rare to see a black duck. On the eastern side, they were a little more common. That just happened to be where the split in the flyway was. I grew up cutting my teeth on bird hunting, with a shotgun in my hand, reading reading everything I could get my hands on, helping dad raise and train the labs that we had growing up. We had a couple of pointing dogs growing up. We had At one point, I think we had like, man, I don't know, between the puppies in the kennel and the dogs in the yard, we had we had like 55-gallon barrels out there with a stake and a chain yeah. on them. Like, it looked like sled dog stuff out of Alaska. <laughs> the whole yard seemed like at one point it was full of dogs. Sled dogs full of labs. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was pretty awesome. But that was, to me, wing shooting, ducks, geese, upland, turkeys, all of it became a passion. Became an absolute passion. And it was something that... I brought with me when I moved to Wyoming. I went through my, that period in my 20s where that was literally all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was eight up. And you, I see these young guys now. I see the guys your age mm-hmm. that are eight up with it. Yep. And they're consumed and they're, it's, everything's got to be extreme. And they're go, 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 balls to the wall all the time with it. I was that way. Yeah. I From this season, I could see why. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's – there's it's shooting ducks shooting waterfowl what's the big deal i get the big deal now i mean i totally get it i think a lot of big game guys especially out west i mean let's face it in here in wyoming and especially in this corner of the state we are blessed with some of the best big game hunting in the world right people come from all over the world to hunt here to hunt elk here in park county wyoming Mm -hmm. rightly so and i think some of the the attitude surrounding waterfowl, especially, mm-hmm. is it's just something to do when 
elk season's over. It's just right. something to do when big game season ends. Then I'll go chase some pheasants or chase ducks or geese or the the, the real dedicated guys are the guys that are out there running up and down the hills chasing chuckers. That's a, that's a game that I haven't introduced you to yet, and yeah. that, that that is fun. That would be fun. It is. It's a workout in itself. <laughs> it's They'll run you ragged. It's It's a lot of fun, but there is kind of that sense that I got when I moved to Wyoming that wing shooting took a back burner a little bit, which mm-hmm. it's a shame because Wyoming, everybody thinks of like Montana, Idaho, as the states with phenomenal upland hunting the place or, wi- or wing shooting. Right. And it's not, a, it's not always the case. Wyoming's pretty good. I know I was blown away when I moved here at how, how much opportunity there really was. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got to be around water. But anywhere there's a major river, there's ducks and geese. Right. Late. Right. November, December, January, and even into February, that those goose seasons run. I, after a few years out here, I, I got right back into it, and I was going hard on waterfowl. But it was always, you know, it was afterwards. And, and quite frankly, that's when, our big, that's when our big game seasons end and wind down is about November. And then waterfowl and upland really kind of picks up. Just our migrations don't come through for waterfowl. They don't start showing up really heavily until late October, November, and then they get really good the colder it gets into even January. Yeah, when you guys did that hunt with sick, the sick guys. Right. That, that was yeah. a cold hunt. It was 20 degrees below zero on that Ooh. hunt. Yeah. And that was – the birds were moving hard that day. They were migrating – that day and we were trafficking birds as well as hunting birds on the X. Right. And it was, it was pretty awesome, but I want to, I want to take it back to, we've given, we've given a little bit of background about Eastman's and what Eastman's is the hunting journals, the TV shows, the forum. I mean, it is a massive, massive media company basically. And I had the good fortune to come on board as a proofreader Mm -hmm. for the magazines while I was still a high school English teacher. Right. And I got to know the guys up here and the editor at the time pretty well. And we kind of, we ended up doing the only time of year we could like hunt together and hang out would be during waterfowl season. And I was I am hopelessly addicted to it. I don't have I don't have the drive. I, like I said, I go back to the young guys like your age, mm-hmm. and man, they I was there, put myself in massive amounts of debt to buy decoys and trailers, and I look back and it's like, wow, that was dumb. But I probably do it all over again if I had the same uh, yeah. opportunity. Yep, because it's you only live life once. Yeah, you don't get those experiences back. No, and you're only in your twenties once. Yeah. You're only in your 30s once. You're only in your 40s once. Guys that are up in their 60s, 70s, and 80s are going, yeah, you're only in your 50s once too. And that's true. Right. That's true. Every stage of life is is different. It brings its own brings its own highs and lows, if you will, its own ups and downs. But I remember being just tore up. I mean, eat, sleep, drink it. I My brother was working like third shift. I was working on my master's degree, and we were living together to pool our resources, and we hunted we hunted ducks and geese almost every single day of the season because we would have, between me driving 
to classes, I would scout the whole way there and the whole way back if it was if it was light. We had like permission across like a four county area in western Michigan. It was it was crazy, and we killed mostly geese, but we had some phenomenal phenomenal mallard spots too. Just a big old playground, and you're just yeah going out wherever just tearing it up yeah just tearing it up and we were paying attention we spent a lot of time you know the old adage that um it's time behind the windshield that kills ducks and geese it, it really is you have to scout to consistently kill birds if you want to kill limits if you want to be in that and doing that grind every single day you've got to be scouting well that was the beauty of living together and having flexible jobs and time mm-hmm. is one of us was scouting every day I would scout in the mornings, he would scout, and we'd always have a field to hunt every every other day at least. And man, we had a whole whole crew of guys, a whole passel of guys, and just slaying birds, just slaying birds. And it was, I remember about the time it started to come to a head, it was like, dude, we need to make this like what we do. Our lives took a different turn, and, and he he moved away and then I ended up moving to Wyoming and here we are here, here it is eight years later and I'm hunting ducks one afternoon, one day here in Wyoming with the editor of the magazine. And I was, we were walking up, we, we'd shot a limit of mallards and a couple of geese down on the river here and actually come up uh, to hunt with, to hunt with him and we were just talking like you do at the end of a successful day. We're reliving the hunt. We're just like, man, this is so cool. And I had been thinking for, man, I'll bet you a couple years that the Western waterfowl market needed a voice. It needed some media. And this was at the time Instagram was like infant. I mean, I'm not even sure it was even a thing yet but it was if it was it was brand new mm-hmm. obviously facebook been around for a long long right, time right right but youtube youtube was people were starting to make the trend to youtube where that was where people went it wasn't quite the biggest search engine yet but it was close and so it was right on that cusp the timing was pretty good and we were visiting and kind of laughing and reliving the day and i thought i looked at him and i said man how cool would it be to start like a Western waterfowler magazine? And my thought being a magazine like Eastman's hunting journals, Eastman's bow hunting journals. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, that's an idea that I think we should pitch. I didn't know the receptiveness of the Eastman family be to this. I had, I had no idea. I just had an idea. That's all it was. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, I'm having a discussion with the man, Ike Eastman. Oh, boy. Yeah, right? Talking about, I mean, big game family, talking about waterfowl. I know. Like 180. Uh, and and I, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Haha, <laughs> pun intended again, mm-hmm. right? But that's literally what it was. And then it was kind of like, okay, this just got real. And we started brainstorming, and we had the idea that wingmen needed to be the voice of the Western waterfowler. Now, since then, 
it's more broad than that. It's the voice. We cover much more media, and we we realize that the Western waterfowling market's actually it's pretty small. If you think about the Western states, comparatively to other flyways, we don't have the numbers of guys hunting that the central flyway has. I mean, we're in the central flyway, but we're way on the west side of the central flyway. When you think of the central flyway, you're thinking of states like, you know, um, you're thinking of states like the, the east front of Colorado. You're thinking of Nebraska. You're thinking of some of those states over there, all the way down into Texas. Some of that, some of that type of stuff. The Dakotas come to mind. That's Central Flyway, and we get out here and we're kind of on the fringe. We're we're on that far line, taking it all the way back to where I grew up in the UP, where I was on the line between the Pacific or the, I'm sorry, the Atlantic Flyway, and the Mississippi Valley Flyway, and now we're out here and I'm on the line between the Central Flyway, and the Pacific Flyway. Completely different. Completely opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And different birds in a lot of in a lot of areas. But the whole point of it was that we went from being the voice of the Western waterfowler to something more. Yeah. And we when did it morph into like the gear videos and um like when did you want to take it to the next level? Like how long I mean from start to Okay, we're pitching this to companies. Right, right. Honestly, it was it was about a year after the whole idea kind of took flight that I had the opportunity to come up here full-time and sit in the editor's desk for the hunting journals, hunting the big game magazines. What that did is it allowed me to be in the office every single day and it allowed me to kind of, this was my idea. Wingman was my idea. It was my baby. But you don't know what you don't know, to quote Yogi Berra. I didn't know anything about how the social media side of this ran. I, I was a total noob. And Scott Reekers had actually, was actually the man that had kind of kept things afloat in a tra- during a time of transition. And he was he was really good to me in the fact that was pretty patient because I was a total noob when it came to Instagram and Facebook. I mean, you, you just because you interact with it personally on a personal level doesn't mean you know how to run an account. Totally different. That's what I do every single day. Yep. And I've learned so much in the past year on, and it's changing every single day. New things are coming out. New trends are coming out. And it's, right. it's weird. And you're trying to morph that into what's the, uh, the, uh, what you the picture you're trying to uh, put out to people what wingman is and trying to do it the right way and it is starting to get a little bit tricky but you know you adapt and overcome no i i completely completely agree and so here i sit 4 years later and wingman is an entity now we're we're still we're still pretty small but we're growing we've had we've had continual growth in every quarter across every piece of media that we have which is youtube which is a newsletter which is facebook instagram and now this podcast 
it's all it's all growing it's all trending upward and that's that's due in large part to a shared vision in all of this i came into this project with an idea and shared the idea and other people took it ran with it molded it and then i was able to jump back into kind of the driver's seat after they'd built the race car <laughs> kind of kind yeah. of a deal and got kind of really got lucky and i'm able to take the experience that i gained through man i don't even want to know how many years it is i'm 42 and i've been hunting ducks and geese since before i could legally hunt them i was tagging along with my dad right so i mean i've been in the duck and goose fields and marshes and woods and rivers for probably 30 years do you remember when you shot your first duck i do remember when i shot my first duck and we'll come back to that because i want to finish talking about this journey that is and what wingman is because you asked a question about when we got into the gear reviews and i want to i want to get to that answer that it was when we started to really i got here and it became a shared vision okay we're going to do this and we started putting all the pieces together into a unified movement basically then shot show came mm. after that we had a first season of we were filming and we were all wearing different stuff and we we didn't have i think we had any partners any sponsors at that time and that first that first year shot show came and i got a phone call i got a text message from a couple of the guys they were like dude people want to talk about wingman we had like a couple of videos up on youtube we had our newsletter had grown substantially, thanks in large part to some contributing guys like Wade Shoemaker, uh, Brandon Trentham, Kyle Bennett, Brandon Maskew. Some guys had some guys had helped us out with some content pieces that really did well that people wanted to read, and we had a name, and it was kind of like a like okay, now is- we got skin in the game and we got to make this work. And so it's grown from there. And when you say gear reviews, we do. We, we do gear reviews for obviously our partners. But if somebody wants a product reviewed, we do that. And we are, we're good at it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to beat around the bush or even be, try to be, I guess, beat, beat your drum. But we are, we're good at it. Mm-hmm. We have amazing people that work here. Absolutely. And that can... that's what I was getting to. We have an amazing editing team, video editing team, and it's it's due in large part to the fact that we're under the Eastman's umbrella, right. so we have those resources. Much thanks. Exactly, exactly. And so our gear reviews are professional. In the words of Brian Barney, next level. Next level, in the words of Brian Barney, absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that, Borrow. little tip of the cap to you. Um. Yeah, to this day, our biggest video on YouTube is our Sitka gear system. And it's got, I don't know, 40,000 views, something like, close to 40,000 views or something like that. Yeah, something it. crazy. For, which for a gear review is a lot. Pretty good. Is a lot. We have a video, the pheasant video that we did. 
is almost three million views on Facebook. That's nuts. Right. I, not in a million years did I think that thing was going to blow up the way it did. And it was not only was it the cool thing about that was is that it was not only a, a fun project to shoot. We got kids involved. We told a cool story about the conservation piece side about where pheasants come from. So I think a lot of people don't have any idea that that's not a native bird. Oh, I had no idea. You watch Disney movies and you think, oh, that bird's native. That bird's always been here since Bambi times. Yeah. No. Bullshit. It's not. That's not true. That's not true. That bird's not from here. It's Chinese chicken is what it is. I mean, I'm joking, obviously. Don't want anybody to get their feathers ruffled (laughs) over that one. But um, the whole point behind it is without, without... going off and tooting our the east the wingman horn which i think you have to do you have to be proud of what you do well and you have to stand up for what it is that you believe in and what you do so people can take notice especially when you're trying to grow you need to say hey look at this look at what we can do Mm -hmm. we started this thing with an idea on the walk out to the back to the truck after a duck hunt. It was an idea. It's totally changed track. It's not a magazine. It probably will never be a magazine. It could be because just about the time you think, okay, yeah, I've got this figured out. Curveball, and you don't have anything figured out. And so it's back to the drawing board. That's what we've done time and again with Wingman. And here we are sitting here doing a podcast I never once in a million years envisioned sitting here doing a podcast, but here we are. So that's that's the story of Wingmen. That's how we got where we are, This taking it from a passion, a childhood passion, watching my dad and tagging along on bird hunts growing up to sharing an idea with a coworker. That led into an introduction. That led into a shared vision. Pitching it to companies. Pitching it to companies, and here we are. And not only are we, I mean, now we have, like I said, the newsletter, which is what drives this thing, and then YouTube channel, Facebook, all this Instagram, and now this podcast. It's turning into something pretty pretty special. I never saw it. It's like a mini, a mini big game, Eastman's thing and i don't think i think it was very important that ike saw your vision and saw your passion i think that's why he bought into it is he he saw how important this was to you so i think he took a big risk going from a big game family to having a wing shooting Edition. Talk about talk about a complete 180 from the traditional direction of what the company, the family business yeah. was. Big game is big game to this day. It's still the the engine that pulls the whole train. But man, it's 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 mind blowing to me. Like you said, that he was willing to take a chance, take a gamble on something so out of so out of so different. But I think a lot of a lot of life in general is seeing opportunities for what they are and going, okay, I walked away from a decade-long teaching career. I was 
I am a vested teacher in the Wyoming Department of Education. I could go back to the classroom anytime, and who knows? You never know what what life's how how things are going to turn out. But man, I'm living my best one right now, and I'm loving it. And I'm going to stay right here, right, as long Absolutely. as I can. But I walked away from a very stable career, and one that not very many people walk away from to come do this, and it was a big gamble. You took a risk. Just I mean. You took a risk coming here. They, right. You had no idea this was going to pan out the way it did. I took a risk coming to Wyoming. Yeah. I think I think back on that, and I remember I had friends when I told them oh, we were on a turkey hunt, actually, and I had a very good friend. He and I were turkey hunting, and I told him my plan to move to Wyoming. And his first words to me were, well, you don't know anybody out there. And I thought, I don't need to know anybody. I'll get to know people. That's life. If all you did was hunt the same pond your whole life, you'd never see what goose hunting in a field was like. You'd never, if you hunted the same, and I, I'm not throwing people who are, who pick a spot and that's their, that's their thing. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. We have our go-to spots too. My point is that when you branch out, when you push yourself, you learn, you're pushed out of that comfort zone and you have to learn how to be successful or you, you fall flat. That being, that can mean the difference between learning how to read birds, learning how to adapt to hunting scenarios. So you go home with a limit instead of getting skunked. That could mean learning that you know, okay, the birds like this area of this body of water. Why do they like that? Because I really like to hunt off this point. Well, you can hunt where you want to hunt, or you can go where the birds are. And it's the same way with this project. I could have done what I thought was right and what I wanted to do, or I could go where the opportunity was. Right. And we did that a lot this season. I mean, we e-scouted with Onyx. And, right. I mean, pick spots that, okay, birds will, will like that area. I mean, where else could they be? And we went down there, we saw, and we picked a spot, and we it panned out really well. That goose blind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a brand new piece of property. That's We'd never hunted it before, never been in there before. Like you said, we e-scouted it and figured out this looks like a pretty good spot walked down in there and then we put boots on the ground and what we were seeing with onyx showed us this has potential exact same thing with wingmen you know we pitch it you come up with an idea you feel it through you do we do the due diligence perform the due diligence the next thing you know this has potential and so if you're listening to this, I know it probably seems like, oh, we're off in the weeds and whatever, but I wanted you to get a sense for what Wingman is. I wanted you to get a sense of what we, what we live for, what our passions are, and it is wing shooting and the world of wing shooting. I don't care if it's Canada's in the corn, beaver pond mallards, River bottom, uh, you know, river bottom late season ducks like we have out here, 
pheasants, upland birds, chuckers, turkeys. Basically, if it's got wings and feathers, we're hunting it. If it flies, it dies. Yeah, absolutely. Get them close and shoot them in the face. Shoot them in the face. That's that's the motto, right? And that means dogs. That means shotguns. That means shooting sports. Anything that goes with wing shooting, with bird hunting, that's what we're all about. And that's what we're going to talk about on these podcasts. I'm going to bring you guests from as many different places as I possibly can. I'm going to bring you industry people. I'm going to bring you guides. I'm going to bring, I'd like to bring you in some writers. I'd like to bring in maybe some other media people and get all these different perspectives because I know what it took to create this and we're not where I want to be. We're just scratching the surface. The sky's the limit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm super stoked for where Wingman is going to go. I'm stoked about this podcast. This is a fun thing that I'm enjoying already. And it's something that I'm stoked to have you along. I'm stoked to have Scott Reekers be part of it. Dan Picar. I'm stoked to have Brandon Mason. Ike is committed to it. We even got Guy Eastman in a goose blind last year. That is unheard of. Now it's Mike Eastman. That's going to be pushing it. (laughs) It will happen. That could be a stretch. That could be a stretch. But I did hear Mike say, I should have gone with you guys. One morning this year, we went down to the blind and we had a really good time. And I don't know what he had done. Gone out looking to photograph. Mike's really into photography now. And... Takes really good pictures. He does. He's Amazing. he's got a gift, and I think he'd had a rough morning photographing or something. He's like, oh, I should have gone down to the blind yeah. with you guys. And he's and but he said it, and I went, "That's a foot in the door right there." Should have been recording it. So I know, I know, but I can't wait to bring out more content to do more of these podcasts. I'm excited for this coming season to do some podcasts in the blind. That'd be cool. I mean, how many how many times did you get that? Where and you saw it for the this is your first this was your first season guys Luke, intern Luke is like I'm not joking when I say he's an intern we picked him up green freshy college kid I was sitting in my dorm room watching Eastman hunting journals and I was like wow it'd be cool to work there where are they located and I sent him an email and realized oh they're in Powell Wyoming right down the street from my dorm <laughs> like no uh. I re- and I remember I had I'd gotten a story of yours. You'd shot a big bull elk. Oh, in 2018. That's in 2018, right. and we put you in the magazine. And then here's the same kid comes walking in. Same punk kid. I didn't say that. Okay. Same kid comes walking through the door with his hat in his hand, looking for an intern's job. And what stood out, what has what has stood out, what stood out about you at that time, and what we've all come to really appreciate is your passion and your drive that you can't replace that you cannot replace passion and so this was intern luke's first season with a camera with a camera yeah you you had a camera in your hand and that was your role i took we took you it's like you don't know all the other cameramen this. are out all over the place, and wingmen, guess what? we got to hunt. We need somebody to film this. That's well, cool. here's – take the intern. We're going to take an intern who has zero camera experience along on a hunt that is the hardest thing to film. 
Dan was talking about that in an episode, in a previous episode is how difficult filming waterfowl is. And you shined. You were capturing shots. You were getting angles. And I'm it like, fun. man, this kid's, this kid's got some moves. This is going to be cool. And then the morning slowed down. It was like, hey, give me that camera. Why don't you take the shotgun? And you got to pull the trigger a couple times. And I got to see something that I hadn't seen in a long time. And that was, it's one thing to take kids. And by kids, I mean 10, 11, 12, barely legal hunting age kids into the field. And get them their first bird. And it's almost like it overwhelms them. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 they're stoked about it. And I love doing that. But it's totally different when you take an adult. And yeah, you're, in your, you're, you're 20, 21. Yeah. But that's an adult. Yeah. You're a you're grown-ass man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For lack of a better term. We yeah. laugh. We jest. <laughs> but that's, you're grown. Mm-hmm. To, see, to see someone's first goose first duck who is an adult coming at it with a completely different set of expectations and life experiences than a kid is super rewarding yeah and i got to witness that with you i hadn't seen that in in quite a few years and it was it was cool to watch you go from big game guy yeah. Well, a typical Wyoming big game guy. Yeah. Where's my horses? Yeah. Where's my rifle? <laughs> yeah. To All right, chill a out. shotgun. And you mean we can talk? We can laugh? Right. We can have a good time? I can drink this coffee. I can bring a big thermos full of coffee. I can bring snacks. I can, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, that's the, and that's the beauty of waterfall hunting, especially. Uplands will, yeah, you got your. Your stuff, it's, it's a little bit more like, like big game in the fact that you're walking, you're covering ground, but... Turkey hunting. Yeah, turkey hunting is very much. And that was, I think you said that, actually, is you you got to go along on your first turkey hunt this year, too, and actually killed a bird. Yeah, first which bird. we have a webisode coming up. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. And, but you, you made that comment. You're like, dude, this is just like elk hunting. And I was like, shh, shh. Don't say don't, that too loud. Don't, don't say that like, too loud. Don't tell Guy Eastman I said that. Yeah, I, and it's we're joking, but it is. It's a lot. It's a lot like it. To get to see all of these experiences that you got to do for the first time this year, that's one more thing that is what we are all about here at Wingmen. Getting people involved in it. Recruitment is a large part of what we do. We've written articles. We've done videos. Without recruitment, hunting dies. And without and when hunting dies, conservation dies. And when conservation dies, the animals that we all love more than anything. I mean, hunting. If hunting ended tomorrow, it would suck. I would hate that. But if you could guarantee me that the animals that we love would be okay, I'd be like, okay. But we know that that's not the case. Right. So recruitment is huge. You are a part of that recruitment wave. Yep. Now we, we need more and more and yep. more. And that's just a, another piece of what we're all about here. That was one of the things that I had a vision of. When I, when I came up with this idea about Wingmen, it was, yes, it was a magazine. Yes, it was media and videos and maybe TV and you know, whatever. But it was telling the story of wing shooting. 
ducks, geese, upland birds, turkeys, shooting the sporting the um, sporting clays, trap, skeet, dog training, dog handling, dog everything. Getting the perspective that other people don't see every day that is exactly. missed. Bringing that all into a media platform, no matter what it would be, print, video, podcast, to get people hooked on what we love to do because we need it. We need more of them. And I just hope that in the end, that's that's kind of the goal, mm-hmm. is if we can grow hunting, if we can produce hunters by what future hunters by what we're doing here at Wingman, that's a win. Absolutely. That's a win. That's that's in our mission statement is helping people become better hunters through education and through videos and, and tips and tactics and gear reviews. But it's also getting people hooked on the outdoors, getting yep. people hooked on hunting. Yep. And I'm super excited to see where this thing goes. Yeah. And I there's you're the perfect guy for that. I've been big game no. hunting my entire life. And um, when Todd said, hey, you want to go try this out? I'm like, okay. And, I mean, I mean, the rest is history. I mean, I've had some amazing experience with Todd. He knows his stuff. And he has a passion for teaching new hunters. And it's, it's been so fun to hunt with you this past year. Well, I really appreciate that, man. That's, uh, that's nice of you to say. Um, it's, again, it's a passion. It's something that I live for, something that I love to do. And it's something that I literally wake up every single day and pinch myself that I get to do this job, whether it's editing stuff for the magazine. But every time I jump into the wingman, I put that wingman hat on, I jump in that wingman seat, dude, that's that, that lights my fire. I, I love everything about that. And if you told me tomorrow that I could only hunt one thing for the rest of my life, it'd be birds. Hmm. Um, I've actually that before, and I was kind of surprised, but I see why. Yep, and it's, I, I think there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, I love it, and it's who I am. It's been a part of who I am forever. But another part of it is you can do it anywhere. In you, to, in all reality, to hunt elk, you need to live out west. Right. Unless you're planning on traveling and drawing tags and all that. But if you want to hunt elk every year with no qualms about it. You probably ought to move out west if yeah. that's what your thing is. Mule deer, antelope, whatever that is, big game. You got to pretty much, unless you're wealthy, you got to pretty much live where those animals live. With birds, man, they're everywhere. You go down south, they got ducks and geese. There's no such thing ducks. as drawing. There's no such. Oh, there thing. is. There, and we, oh. we can get into that. Oh, there okay, is. Okay, maybe I didn't. I didn't no, know that. No, there is. There's tags you have to draw. I'm thinking like swan tags. Oh, okay. you got to draw. So that's okay. That's a bucket list bird, and I will draw that tag someday, and I'm going to go shoot a swan. Um, there's – back in Michigan, we had we had um, refuges that we could hunt. You had to show up early to get a draw. Hmm. And if you if your number – that if you drew that, whatever number you drew, you got assigned to that blind, that was where you had to hunt that day. If you didn't draw, then you could hunt the open areas, and that was a whole other ball of wax, and it, it no. was a circus. We're blessed out here because we don't have the level of competition that guys in, like, Arkansas hunting public ground have. I mean, you want to see some crazy videos, you just go on Sitka's website or on YouTube and fire up 
public land Arkansas duck hunting opening day, and it's a NASCAR race with boats. Wow, it's insane. That's cool. It's insane. We don't we don't understand that. Totally different. Totally, totally different. Totally different. That's the coolest part of wing shooting. Is there's so many different worlds to it. Even all the way overseas, we could get into driven pheasants and grouse in England on the moors. Dude, everywhere you go, there's bird hunting. It's not quite that way with big game. You know, I go back and I think about the Midwest. Yeah, they got awesome whitetails. That's it. Yeah. That's what there is yeah. for big game. Now, if that's your thing, cool. Good You're for you. You're in the you. right place. Absolutely. Absolutely. My brother is tore up with whitetails. Dude's killed some monster meat yeah. whitetails. Yeah, he, he has. That's his thing. That's what he lives for, and he lives in Iowa. Right place. He's in the right place. That's where he belongs. Anyway, this is kind of probably sounding like it's rambling, it, but I, well, the whole point of this whole podcast was just sit down and talk about, and I'm glad you sat down with me because it's easier to talk to someone than just talk. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about where Wingmen came from. I wanted to talk about the vision behind it, the goals we have for it. We want to be the resource for wing shooting before it's all said and done. And I honestly think we have that ability. I'm super stoked for where this thing has come. We looked at numbers, growth numbers today on social media, and it's killing it. It's killing it. It's killing it. Now, we don't have the biggest followings yet, but it's getting there. And I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm excited for this podcast. This is something completely new for me. I am literally a digital caveman. I know I'm not a technological guy at all. And to pull this off, we had to bring in producer Lindsay and intern Luke to get this thing off the ground. No pun intended. Again, he's a piece. I'm full of them. Good. (laughs) But, um... Because I'm, I'm such a moron when it comes to technology. But I can talk. So I guess, I guess we're there. But I thank you for joining us on this episode of the Wingmen Podcast. And I'm excited to bring you a lot more. Stay tuned. I've had a lot of interest in this podcast already. And I've got a lot of great guests on the hook that are, are going to be coming through here in the weeks to, and months to come. I think I think this is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be huge. I'm stoked for this journey. And uh, until next time, guys, get them close and shoot them in the face. Shoot them in the face. Thanks, guys.